Today I'm looking at one of the biggest traps that my clients find themselves in and this is something that 90% of people I work with do and it slows down your progress and often means that you make very little progress at all but it's a really easy quick fix. So let's dive in. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezi Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So today's episode, we are talking about this concept of better rather than perfect. This is a key shift that I noticed myself making at the weekend and it's something I talk to all my clients about because it act if you can get this down if you can take this on board and apply it to your life and I'll explain how to do that in the podcast you will actually make results much see results much quicker and you'll accelerate your progress it feels counterproductive but when you start doing this and making this part of your lifestyle you actually get to where you want to be quicker. You get more energy, better hormones, better gut health quicker because you've made this fundamental shift of better, not perfect. So I'm going to explain more about that. I'm going to explain how it came to me when I was making gluten-free bread, all that good stuff. So that's what we're looking at in today's episode. And it's a really simple, practical shift. Sorry, I just hit my mic (laughs) there. So that's what we're looking at, which will be fun, but I hope you are doing well. I'm recording this on a on a wet day. It's definitely starting to feel autumnal here in Scotland, which is where I live. Um, the jumper is on. I've got slippers on. You know, that that summerness has disappeared. Disappeared? I don't know where that came from. I went for a swim outside. Uh, I've been doing that regularly for a while now. And uh, def- the water's definitely feeling colder. I was like, you know, dived in dived is not the right word, slowly edged into the water, very slowly, and was like, there was definitely a shriek that came out as I plunged in, just like, oh, so cold, (laughs) but I do love cold water swimming, Um, it is so, and my body loves it, Um, just all my joints and everything, so that's been fun, other things that are happening in my life are it's my anniversary this week. I've been married nearly nine years. Isn't that mental? Which is fun. So we are going to go on a little adventure up a mountain, I think, because I've been pregnant or recovering from being pregnant or sick or puking or sore now for like 18 months. And I'm finally not pregnant, not puking, not like you know, recovering from birthing. I mean, I am recovering from birthing. I'm only seven months postpartum. So recovery from birth is a long time, guys. It takes like well over a year. But, you know, I'm not like actively like bleeding with stitches and like leaking fluid from every orifice, which is, you know, FYI, what happens after you give birth? So gruesome. (laughs) But I'm not doing that anymore. So we're going to go up a little hill and have a picnic and leave the kids with the nanny and take a day off work and just go and be outside. I love being in the mountains, guys, so much. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also have a conference this week. It's again, things are starting to happen a bit more. So I've got a conference on mitochondria this week. Super excited about that. The geek in me is excited for a whole like 
eight hours of like geeky nutritional science chat about mitochondria and energy production. That's, that's Your mitochondria is what makes energy, FYI. So that's exciting. And obviously I've been seeing clients, um, things I'm getting booked up. So things are full, chatting with lots of new clients, which is great. Um, and just getting that like feedback. You know, I work with clients over three or four months. So like I'm constantly watching them make steady progress. You know, rarely with a client is it like, you know, in 48 hours, everything has changed. It's more like observing different milestones. And so one client was just telling me how she's now got, she came to me with really poor energy and poor skin. And now after just a couple of weeks, we're not been working together that long. She now consistently like has energy after work to go and do exercise, to see her friends. Whereas before it was like finish work, crash, <laughs> you know, like work just took everything out of it. And now, you know, there's a bit of energy to spare to cook, see friends and all of this sort of stuff, which is really exciting. And another client, we were just talking about her relationship with food and like binge eating and all of that, uh, which had been a habit for her. And she's just seen kind of a massive decrease in just her, that the actual binging behavior, but also the self-criticism that often comes with that, which is exciting. So anyway, always seeing lots of clients, always going through lots of test results, hormone tests, poop tests, <laughs> uh, organic acid tests, hair mineral tests, thyroid tests, all the things, um, which is fun. So, I mean, I love my job. It's a good mix of like chatting to people and geeking out and problem solving. So that is fun. Um, and also to say, as of recording this, I think uh, I will be fully booked with um, clients um, for September. I'm not quite sure when this will come out. I think it'll come out in September. So I'll be fully booked with clients in September, but I will have, I do have space for clients starting probably the end of the month, start of October time, probably October. So if you are sick of doing this on your own, you're struggling, then do make sure you book a call with me, kezihall.com forward slash book. And we could, and you could get on the wait list and we could make a plan to begin in October. I will have a couple of spaces then, like two spaces, I think, because uh, I've got two clients finishing up in September. So I'll have two more spaces for October starts and we could get started. And you could, that, which would mean you could start 2022 feeling kick ass. You really could because that's just what I help my clients do. So if you're interested in that, let me know. Otherwise, let's get on with today's show. So I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast, you probably would like more energy, a flatter belly, you'd like to improve your digestion, deal with those wonky, uncomfortable hormones, maybe support your skin improve your mood and mental health and really start to feel better. I'm guessing. That must be why you're listening to the podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I want to let you know that the top, the stuff I talk about here on the podcast is what I talk to my clients about all the time. As a holistic nutritionist, my job is to help you cr and create a really personalized approach so that you can see results so much quicker. Because chances are you're probably trying, like you're trying to make those dietary changes. You've maybe bought some supplements, you've made a couple of shifts and maybe you've seen a bit of progress. But if you're feeling really stuck and frustrated and like you've no idea why you're not feeling better, why isn't your belly flat? Why are you bloated? Why are your bowels just 
embarrassing. Why is your skin a mess? Why is your hormones just all over the place? Why are you so much more anxious than you were? Like, you know, what is really going on? Because chances are you probably are putting more effort into your health than, you know, Mr. Joe Bloggs or, you know, Bob down the street. But you're not feeling the results. And maybe you're actually feeling worse. If that's the case, then I would love to work with you. I always have space for some new clients each and every month, and I would love to work with you over my three or four month program where we create a really personalized and bespoke plan. And look, I have worked with thousands of clients. I'm a holistic nutritionist. This is what I'm trained to do. I studied a long time. I've had a lot of clinical hours in this profession, and I know I'm super confident that I could help you. And if not, I could probably refer you on to someone who could. So if you're looking to make change, if you're just not wanting to just do like 15 quote unquote healthy things, but really learn about your body and know what are the simple and strategic things that you can do to see results, to get more energy, better digestion, better hormones and skin in the next couple of weeks, then I'd love to chat with you on the phone. So if you want to find out more, if you're on the fence, if you want to find out what this program looks like, then go to keziahall.com forward slash book. That's just a book in a Zoom call. These are totally chilled, informal, like zero stress calls where we just talk over Zoom. I'll ask you a couple of questions and I just find out what's going on with your health and we can chat about what tests might be helpful, what your program might look like. And you can get a good idea of if working with me is the right fit for you. It's no like crazy sales technique, just like a nice chilled chat. You can bring a cup of tea if you want. So if you're interested in working with me, I can only take on a limited number of clients at a time, but I do have space right now, head to keziahall.com forward slash wait. Also, if finance is an issue, know that I offer four and six month payment plans as well. So this makes it a much more affordable monthly um, kind of rate to work together. Um, So if you are interested, head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call. We'll chat through all your questions, drink a cup of tea and the calls themselves. It's a bit like the podcast apart from, you know, you can answer back. which is helpful. I know that booking a call with some random person on the internet can feel a bit weird. So honestly, it's just a wee chat. It'll be great. Um, Book your call and we can chat about working together and we could start working with each other within the next couple of weeks. We could run some labs. We could find out what's happening in your body and you could finally feel so clear and so calm and peaceful, really knowing that your health is going to change, that the effort you put in is going to yield a results because that's just happened. What well, that's just what happens when you work with me. Okay. So if you're interested, kezyourhole.com forward slash book and we can speak soon. So this week's podcast episode came to my mind when I was making some bread at the weekend and um, it comes up with clients all the time and it's really, really important that you take note of this and see where it's playing a role in your own approach to eating and health and working on your own body and your own symptoms. Because this, I say, comes up probably about 90% of my clients. There's the rare 10% where they're like, this isn't an issue at all. But for most of the people I work with, this is a huge thing. And it's also something I'm constantly aware of in terms of my own life, my own thinking. And it will really um, 
if you don't deal with this, if you don't address this, if you're not aware that this is happening, you'll probably not be making any consistent progress. You'll probably be backwards and forwards. You'll make a bit of progress and you'll sabotage. Like this will be going on if you are just not like you're, you're putting in the effort, but you're seeing very little results. And it's the idea of better, not perfect. So I'm going to explain about what this is. And I'm explained first by giving you a real life, real time example from myself and me making bread this weekend. So if you are new to this podcast, hi, <laughs> I have recently had um, some twin girls. So that's about seven months as of recording this, um, nearly seven months to the day. So what often happens in big changes of life, whether it's having babies, moving house, house renovations, you know, these big shifts in life often mean that we kind of move into survival mode a little bit. Our eating often becomes not our top priority, especially when you have young kids and you're sleep deprived. So basically pregnancy and birth for me, for several reasons, meant that I was just more in survival mode when it came to eating. I was um, just eating what was there. Thankfully, my like default my like lifestyle default is naturally very whole food based, healthy based, which is great because I've done a lot of work on shifting my lifestyle, changing my default. I don't do any fatty restrictive fixes. I have focused on making lifestyle shifts. So a lot of my foundations are like on like no brainer healthy, if that makes sense. But you know, I was eating like brownies at four in the morning and just not really thinking about what I was eating, just like making sure I was eating lots of food and kind of more in survival mode, which is totally fine. I didn't have the capacity to be thinking, am I getting enough green vegetables today? Because it was like, no, I need to try and figure out how to like feed my two babies and make sure my toddler son doesn't just like run feral down the street and disappear. That's what I was focused on. Makes sense, right? So that's where I've been at. And there is 100% no judgment in that. That's the season of life. I knew it was going to happen. I'm totally okay with that having been the case. But where I'm at now, seven months on is, you know, like you'll sleep a bit better, life settled down. I'm not actively like recovering from, I'm um, from birth, you know, I'm not bleeding, don't have stitches, don't have, you know, haven't just had tons of drugs, like all of these very practical recovery things means that now I am in that process of making better choices sh and shifting my body from that survival mode and just um, have more capacity to think, you know, I'm eating green vegetables. Have I eaten enough protein today? Just like a couple of really gentle questions because I have the capacity to do that. And what I am doing as the approach or the strategy that I'm doing for this to get me out of survival mode, because what typically people will do, they'll be like, oh, Kezia, for whatever reason, maybe it's babies, house moving, COVID, whatever, losing your job, breakup, relationship breakup. They're like, oh, I need to get like back on track. I need to like do this thing. And they're like, think about how they're going to get rid of sugar and caffeine and bread and dairy, like, and all the things. And then they like dive into this totally overwhelming thing, completely unsupported and often completely random strategy wise. Um, and then they dive into this thing. It's totally exhausting. It's totally stressful and they don't get very far. So better, not perfect. This philosophy, this approach of making better choices, not perfect choices is how I do it. And it's how I've been um, making these changes right now. And the bread is the perfect example. So 
when the girls were born, I don't eat gluten. I don't feel great eating gluten. It affects my energy and my mood. So I don't have it. So I was relying more on gluten-free bread. Like, you know, my mom was coming to help me and the in-laws were coming to help me and they would just buy like gluten-free bread or wraps or like processed gluten-free stuff. Makes total sense. So that had just crept into my life. I don't actually love gluten-free bread all that much. It doesn't taste that amazing, but it was totally fine for like, you know, a four in the morning slice of toast with almond butter on. Like, whatever's Great. But I know as a nutritionist that the ingredient list in gluten-free bread is pretty extensive and there's a lot of crap in there. Let's be, let's be honest. If you've ever looked at the ingredient list, there's a lot of crap. Also, it's not like delicious. I've yet to find like a supermarket gluten-free bread that's like, mm, this is so amazing. It's kind of like it does the job, but it's not that great. And it's not the most nutrient dense. So I've started over the last couple of weeks as I've started to think, I have a bit more capacity. I have a bit more time. We have good childcare. I have a bit of brain space. You know, the kids are all asleep or in bed by seven o'clock. Like, you know, there's different pockets. I'm starting to feel like I have capacity. Starting to think, okay, well, where in my life can I maybe make a better choice? It's maybe not going to be the best, most perfect, most nutrient dense, most perfect, perfect, perfect choice, but is a better choice than what I've been making. And the bread is a great example. So I've just started to think, right, do I have capacity to make my own gluten-free bread? Yeah, I probably do. And I've started making some gluten-free bread. I literally just buy the gluten-free flour, Dove's gluten-free flour. I follow the recipe on the back of the packet and that's what I do. But there is another half of my brain that I've learned to be kind to over the years, but there's a half of me that thinks, well, this would actually be better if it was maybe if I had a sourdough starter. If this was like a sourdough gluten-free bread, that would be better. And actually, maybe it would be better if I just didn't have bread at all. It's not that nutrient dense. I don't really need it. Maybe a different form of carbs with more nutrients in would actually be a better version. And I maybe shouldn't be relying on bread so much. And, you know, like it's not the perfect choice. There's other things, a sourdough gluten-free bread would be better, a bread made with a better combination of more nutrient-dense flours. Like I'm just buying a shop-bought gluten-free flour, ready-made, shoving yeast in it, letting it rise, shoving it in the oven. Very simple, very quick to do. But I know, nutritionally speaking, that making a gluten-free sourdough loaf with a better blend of flours that I maybe blend myself would be more nutrient-dense, maybe better for me, better fiber intake. Yeah, that's totally the case. But I don't have capacity for that. And actually right now, what I need to focus on is making slightly better choices, not stressing about making the most perfect choice. And this is a huge, huge thing because I see clients making this mistake all the time. They feel enthusiastic. They want to see change and they spend a lot of energy trying to do the most perfect things for their health. And there is a couple of problems with this. There's two main problems that I see. Number one is that it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable for you to try and be doing everything perfectly for your gut, your hormones, your sleep, your stress levels, your relationships, your home environment, your detoxing. Like you just can't do that all at once because the best thing for your gut, your hormones, your weight, your environment, your stress levels, your relationships, the best thing you can do for those things is the things that you can do consistently. I'll say that again. The best thing that you can do are the action steps and the habits that you can do consistently. Meaning, 
you could follow some great gut microbiome nourishing diet for three weeks, for example. And it would probably totally benefit your gut microbiome. Do you know what would benefit your gut microbiome more? If you had consistent habits that were maybe less extreme, that were maybe not perfect, but you did them consistently for a year. That would be the best for your gut microbiome in terms of nourishing that ecosystem. You know what would be better than doing a two-week sugar detox is reducing, figuring out habits, a way of reducing refined sugar for your life. That is going to give you the best results. You know what's going to be best when it comes to preventing things like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all these preventable things that a lot of people die from is actually the things that you can do consistently. So you've got to make things sustainable. And that's where this idea of making a better choice, not necessarily the most perfect choice, but making a better choice is really helpful. It takes the pressure off. So that's the first thing, why there's a problem. It's not sustainable. It's a huge, huge thing. This ha- I see this with clients all the time. <laughs> they're trying to do stuff that is just, it's just not sustainable. And they're like completely burnt out by trying to be healthy. They're completely exhausted or completely stressed about trying to eat this perfect thing, doing this perfect regimen of stuff. So that's the first problem, not sustainable. The second problem with this is that it's often not like people, clients are coming to me trying to do all these quote unquote perfect things, but they are not the most helpful or strategic things for their bodies. So people, it means people are trying to do all these quote unquote perfect things, which isn't sustainable, but then they're also not the right things for them. So a lot of clients will come to me and they're tried, they've read, they've Googled, they've done stuff and they've heard about, let's say, um, intermittent fasting is really helpful. Um, eating more protein is really useful. Doing high intensity training will really help. Having some fermented foods is good. Making sure that they're having lots of like chia seeds, those kinds of things. They are trying to eat lots of fish in a day. They are maybe taking some random supplement that they've spent a lot of money on. They are trying to do meditation. They're trying to do yoga once a week. They've also um, started journaling. They're trying to do a gratitude practice. They're also trying to um, uh, grow some of their own vegetables. All of those things could be really good and really appropriate. But let's say that's like 13, 14 things that they can come to me trying to focus on. That is a lot of stuff, especially when you're doing this on your own. Like impl- like when if you were working with me, you would have a much greater capacity for change because I'm doing a lot of the legwork for you. I'm doing the researching, the strategy, telling you what to do, when to do it, where to get it, all of that stuff. So when you work with someone, when you have support, you have more capacity for change. It's part of what the process is. But when you're doing this on your own, that is way too many things. And... For so many people, all of those things are good and have research, good research for it, but they are not solving the problem that they have. Meaning all of that list of stuff that I've given is really, can be really helpful, but it might be the wrong stuff for your, for your body or it, saying it a different way. You are trying, you're, you're solving the wrong problem. You're solving a problem you don't have by this extensive list because it's unstrategic and it's just based on general Googling as opposed to your exact body. So, and this often comes with when people kind of are trying to 
have this perfect approach with eating and they just keep on adding, adding. They read about this, so they add this on. They read, they should eat this, so they add this on. And they just end up almost with this mental to-do list of like 15 healthy things that they're trying to implement because they think it's gonna help with their belly or their energy, but they actually just get more exhausted because they're doing something that's not sustainable, but they're also wasting lots of energy on stuff that's not solving the right problem for them. Then they get despondent give up, feel depressed or like this is pointless. And then it becomes a bit of a vicious circle. I see this all the time. And I'm guessing it probably resonates <laughs> with you because literally nearly everybody I speak to has this going on. And it's, and again, this is something I come up time and time again is even think going back to the gluten-free bread. Yes. A sourdough um, loaf with ha- my own personalized gluten-free flour blend would be a more nutrient dense choice. But for me right now, it would not be sustainable. I just don't have time to be sourcing different flours from different corners of the internet and then mixing them and then storing them and checking I've got it right. And then making sure I keep a sourdough starter alive. You know, I'm just trying to keep my three children alive. Trying to keep a sourdough starter fed and alive every day is just not going to happen right now. It's just not. It's not sustainable for me. And that's okay. That's okay. And actually, it would also not be solving the right problem for me right now. The problems I'm having right now are around energy, postpartum recovery, calming my stress down, managing my cortisol. So adding something that's not sustainable and adds to my stress, it's actually counterproductive. And I see this all the time with clients. So where does this come from? Because this is very prevalent. You probably can recognize this in your own life where instead of just making the easier, better choice, you're constantly striving for these like big shifts. Like I, another good example is like um, juicing. Like people can really get into juicing stuff, vegetables, and because they read it's really good for them. And, and sure, eating more vegetables is always going to be good for you. Like no question. No question around that. But juicing often involves a lot of food, like a lot of vegetables. It involves juices, which I always think are a pain in the ass to clean. So it like takes time cleaning. Like you don't use the juicer for anything else, if that makes sense. I love to stack my cooking. Like I'll maybe like use a pan to make one thing and then another thing and then another thing. So I'm not like having to wash, you know, just to make things more efficient. So a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm going to start juicing because that would be a great thing to add to help their energy or their pain or whatever it is. And yes, adding more vegetables to your life. I mean, there's there's no, we all agree vegetables are good. But th- again, is it sustainable for you? Because juicing actually takes quite a lot of time, quite a lot of clearing up. And it's, it means you probably need to change how you shop because you need to add in like more carrots and celery and, you know, these kind of things. And yes, it might be helpful for you, but also if your main problem is like pain management or joint management, I wouldn't actually start with juicing. Yes, I would love you to eat more vegetables, but if we're looking, say energy, energy and pain are your problems. Spending the energy, the physical energy and the headspace energy on getting juicing sorted, I would say is counterproductive. You'd be better off taking some more strategic things, doing a couple of specific supplements, getting some really um, strategic personalized things that are going to give you energy and help reduce your pain quick, quicker so that maybe in future you have the energy and the capacity to maybe 
make juice. Does that make sense? You've really got to think about this strategically. That's what I do with my clients all the time. Because it's not necessarily that, you know, you shouldn't eat more vegetables. Yes, but you need to make things sustainable. You've got to start where you're at and make the easier, better choices that maybe aren't perfect, but the things that are better and easier, but also strategic, they're going to give you a return on your time investment. So if you're low in energy, wasting loads of energy doing these really time consuming things is not where you want to begin. You want to begin by doing a couple of easy, quick things that are going to give you energy ASAP. And that's what I help figure out with my clients. I can't necessarily give you a list of like, this one thing will give everybody more energy because it totally depends on why you have low energy. You know, it's a very personalized, bespoke thing. So it's really important that that you think about this in your life. Where are you making unsustainable changes? Where are you trying to go all in? Where are you trying to be perfect? And I find a lot of this comes from, it's really the result of this like, dieting, faddy mindset, this all or nothing mindset, this on track, off track, this very self-critical approach to eating where we, and, and really even under the surface of that is the unwillingness that we have to make lasting changes. This unwillingness to take responsibility for our everyday choices, our everyday eating. We're looking, the whole essence or part of an essence of dieting mindset is looking for a quick fix. If I follow this diet for two months, then I'll get X, Y, Z. Is a very immature and kind of um, irresponsible way of looking at things because you're saying, I just want to do something for two months. I don't really want to take responsibility for my life, my habits and my choices. So there's this, this is this unwillingness to making lasting changes is always going to make you dive into a more all or nothing mindset. It's always going to make you, um, drive you to make this perfect plan to try and do 15 things instead of two things, but it's always short lived that's why dieting doesn't work. We know time and time again from researching these dieting approaches or these formulas, these generic blueprints that everybody should follow for the same things don't work because it's more, the, the psychology behind it is often that we're just unwilling to really take responsibility for how we feel. We're unwilling to take responsibility for our the role and the part that we play in our health. And yet we can't control everything in our health, but we can control what we eat. And we are so unwilling to take that responsibility because we just would like someone else to do it for us let's be honest. And a nice quick fix. This two-month diet will do that. This gluten-free diet, this paleo diet, this vegan diet, this gut protocol diet will do that for me. Whereas when you can embrace the fact that in order for you to feel the way you want to feel, you need to make lifestyle shifts, then that's when you're onto the gold. And that's why this better over perfect is so helpful. So helpful. But there is a lot of resistance. We we don't want to make lifestyle shifts. Like we don't. And that is totally okay. Like I have a client right now who's had like her basically lifetime of dieting, dieting mentality, being told to lose weight, just a lot of toxic messaging and just totally entrenched in dieting weight loss culture. 
And there's been so much resistance for this client to focus on making lifestyle shifts. Like there was so much, she really was wanting to like dive in with like a strict protocol and food rules and all of these kinds of things instead of actually let's focus on a lifestyle shift. What's that going to look like? What is this lifestyle shift going to look like? So there is resistance to this. I'm not necessarily saying like, yeah, 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 better than perfect, super easy, but it is, it does infiltrate so many of our approaches to food. And I personally think it comes from a very disempowered approach to our health, our bodies and our eating. It's the desire for somebody else just to fix everything for us. But the reality is until you're willing to accept a bit of radical responsibility for your health and for your body and for your life, essentially, you just are always going to come up against the same problems. Now, yeah, life is a mystery. We can't control everything. We can't control everything that happens in our bodies. Like we can't. Stuff happens. Diagnoses happens. Like treatment happens. Cancer happens. This isn't about making yourself wrong or blaming yourself at all. But it is going, okay, where am I? Where in my relationship to food am I really disempowering myself? That's a great question to ask. And this is a really great way to counteract, to counteract that by choosing to make not perfect choices, but better choices. Focusing on creating a healthy life, not just a healthy month, two months or like fatty thing. It also is much kinder, this better, not perfect approach, because it means you don't need to be perfect. Just something better is great. So like at the weekend, I had two different narratives going on in my head as I was making gluten-free bread. I had the, oh my goodness, Kezia, you are making bread from scratch. You are an effing goddess. This is amazing. You are making bread with your own hands and you have twin girls and a toddler and a business to run and a relationship and friends. Like you are, you are a phenomenal woman. That was one narrative going on in my head. The other narrative was, uh, Kezia, this is like, this is still not that great. Like you, the flour mix isn't great. You could probably use a sourdough starter. That'd be more nutrient dense and it would help it make it more digestible. And maybe you shouldn't really be eating bread after all. It's probably too carbs. This isn't, you know, a super nutrient dense thing. Should you really be making it? And you're also just following the recipe on the back of the packet. Like maybe look for something a little bit better out there. And there's still grains in this. And there's probably a couple of inflammatory things. Look, the Xanthium gum in that. Xanthium gum is maybe not the best thing ever. Like I had these two narratives and I can choose which one I paid attention to. And now thankfully over the years and realizing how much, how important this is, I have learned to lean in to the narrative that says, well done Kezia, you've made a better choice. It's not the perfect choice, but you've made a better choice and that's kick-ass. We should celebrate that. You should be proud of yourself for making that choice. But I want to say, for me, both narratives are always available. I have just decided to lean into and to listen to more the more positive one, the one that involves celebration and feeling proud of myself. But it's a choice. I can self-indulge in the, uh, should be better, I should be better, poor me, woes me, I'm not very good, blah, blah, blah. I can self-indulge in that and it's a choice. But I try to and I'm focused on choosing the positive because it's I choose what I think about. I choose what I indulge in. So be aware of 
what narratives are going on in your head. And this might all be like, Kezia, wow, this is a lot of waffly information. What do I actually do? The main thing you need to do, this, another way of saying all of this is be proud of yourself and celebrate yourself. Notice where you make progress, celebrate it, and just spend a couple of seconds feeling proud of yourself about it. Instead of being like, oh no, well, I could have done this. Oh, I should have done this. Oh, this would have been better. You can just go, you know what? I started drinking more water this week. I did that. I'm not drinking eight glasses a day, but I was drinking one glass a day and now I'm drinking two, sometimes two and a half. That's pretty good. That's pretty good progress. Or maybe it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to celebrate. I've eaten less gluten this week. Yep. I've not gone totally gluten free. That's okay. But I've eaten like 50% less than what I normally do. That's pretty good. Well done me. I've made progress. I'm doing well. It makes such a difference. Okay. So your main takeaway from this episode is I want you to notice and celebrate where you made progress. And this is something I sometimes get clients to do after every day, like to train them to do it. And I do it on every call with my clients and say to them, what are you proud of right now? Is every day you can just think of what are you proud of about yourself today? So for example, I'm proud of, you know, the other day it was proud of that I made some gluten-free bread. I was proud that I drank some water and had a herbal tea. I was proud that, or even right now, I just did like a two minute meditation. Like literally that's all I've managed today. But I did two minutes. That's pretty good. It's better than no minutes. Better than one minute. Better than nothing. I can feel proud of that. I can lean into that. I can celebrate that. I can think, yeah, I'm making progress. I'm helping my body. I'm helping my cells. I'm helping my nervous system. I'm doing pretty good. In fact, I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty kick-ass person. Look at me. Look at how great I am. You don't lean into that feeling. And honestly, I know this might be like, well, you know, what's like, how's that going to help me with my bloating? Because yeah, the more that you can lean into these feelings and feel proud of yourself, actually, you'll find that you will um, be able to, to create more and more healthy habits and they'll actually last. So lots of people can look at my life and look at my lifestyle and food habits and just be like, oh, no, that's too hard for me because yeah, I can never eat and make the choices you make. But the only reason I've gotten to the place where I am in how I eat and what and, and created what I just call a lifestyle where things feel easy and simple most of the time is by just taking these little steps of progress, celebrating myself, making one habit change, sticking with it, making it easy, making another one, then another one. And then over time, those compound. They compound and you, before you know it, six months gone by and you're like, oh yeah, I don't eat gluten and dairy anymore. I hardly eat refined sugar. I have a really good wind down routine at night. My sleep hygiene is really good. I drink water and I've reduced my caffeine intake. And actually you will find you'll have done that and kept doing that for a longer period of time than if you tried to do that all in a weekend. Does that make sense? Because there's something really powerful about this. Okay, so I want you to focus this week on what are the better choices that you could make? They're not necessarily perfect, but what are the better choices? Because if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking of working with me, then when we work together, your capacity for change will be bigger because you've got my support. But when you're doing this solo, 
you have really got to focus on what's sustainable and you've really got to focus on what's better, not necessarily what's the most perfect. Okay? So this week, that's your homework. I'd love to know your answers. Feel free to email me at admin at or over at Supernaturally Healthy or Facebook. I'd love to know what your better choices are this week. Maybe not perfect, but they're your better choices. And remember to celebrate yourself. Ask yourself, what am I proud of about myself? And think of an answer. There'll always be something that you can be proud of about yourself. Always. Okay? Thank you for joining this podcast. Sending you lots of love and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm so glad that you are here. And if you're looking for more in-depth, personalized support, then remember, I'm currently taking on new clients so we could get started working together super soon. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your call with me and we'll just chat it through what it looks like, what it would look like for you and answer all of your questions and you can decide if it's a good fit. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call with me and we can chat super soon on Zoom, which would be really fun. It'd be like a podcast, but where you can reply. (laughs) (laughs) which is always fun. So I would love to chat with you. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book and we can just chat it through. This is a really chilled, informal chat. No pressure, no weird sales techniques, just a chat on Zoom and feel free to bring a cup of tea. Okay. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.